0: The Gospel Shaped Home podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. That aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the end of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of Gospel Shaped Home. I'm Andy Owens, pastor of Family Discipleship here at Providence. Uh, Thankful that you've tuned in again today. Uh, We are at chapter 5. Of Dave Harvey's book, I Still Do, Defining Moment number 4, When You Realize Family Can't Replace Church. So We're going to be talking about the importance of the local church when it comes to having a durable marriage, and I'm super excited. There's a lot of great content, but uh, before that, I'd love to introduce you to our guest today. First off, Brian welcome. Thanks. I feel like you get a little bit short shafted on these welcomes because you're here every week. <laughs> That's okay. Or anything you want to share with our listeners?
1: No I'm, no, I'm really, I'm just glad
0: to be here. Thanks. Okay. For,
1: thanks for letting me take part.
0: I'm glad you're here brother. And sitting across the table from us, we have Chris and Miriam Gardner. Welcome guys. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're really glad. And I would love for you to just take a few minutes to introduce yourselves to our listeners, for those who may not know you. Uh, Tell us about yourself, your family, your ministry here at Providence.
2: Super. Well, we've been... um, You guys are newlyweds? (laughs) um, Not quite. Not quite. It seems that way, though. You look like it.
1: Good answer.
2: Good answer. (laughs) So we're working on 39 years. this year uh we yes we got married just outside of middle school so that's why you're from the south aren't you yes but we're not we're not cousins so
3: but he's turning 60 this year
2: so we did not get married that wasn't in the script but anyway um so we have you want to tell how many children and grandchildren we have
3: we have three grandchildren Uh uh nope Well, three children, excuse me. Three (laughs) children, two sons in love. Yes, they're sons in love, and seven grandchildren. Mm
2: -hmm. Yep, love them all. And uh, we've been uh, members of Providence for around 20, 21 years. And uh, we spent a long time uh, directing Impact Student Camp and loved every minute of that. Been involved in life, (coughs) excuse me, life groups for the whole time we've been here. And we've been leading a couples life group for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so. They used to be young couples. They're all in their late 20s to early 40s now. So it's really changing. Um,
0: If you're listening to this podcast and you're in uh, the life group, we are thankful that you are, uh, that God has continued to grant you life and you're getting older, right?
3: (laughs) Exactly. Sorry about Uh, that marriage, family, life group.
2: (laughs) So it's called the marriage, family, life group. Marriage. That is correct. Marriage Foundations Life Group. Okay, Marriage and it's Foundations been, Life we've, Group. We've called it that ever since the beginning, and it's, it's great because we, we use Ephesians 5 as our backdrop and our, our focal chapter for, for almost anything that we do. Um, let's see. I serve as an elder here, second term, uh, Providence, and love being a, a servant in that way. It's, it's such a blessing. And Miriam, I'll let you talk about, and I've been involved with men's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um a lot. to so, Miriam,
3: my joy is helping with the children, uh, when the women are here, um, and lambs. So I get to live on the babies and which encourages a lot of the women who know me that they're okay with, uh, leaving their kids. So, uh, that's my joy of getting to do that.
0: Well, thank you both for your service to the church. Um, we're really grateful you guys are here and Chris, is it true that you don't like chocolate or coffee? Uh
2: yeah, it is Andy it's it is true and I know that's un-American. I was going to ask are you American it's or not, like it, what's wrong? I'm with you? very very American, very Southern. It's not normal, but even more than not liking it, um I've never even tasted coffee in my life, believe it or not. Well, I can get you a cup after this if you want. You can get all the cups you want, but the the coffee will stay in the cup. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, welcome. Glad you guys are here. So let's dive in. Um, Again, this is when you realize family can't replace church. Brian, you want to start us off with just giving us the big idea? What's this chapter about?
2: yeah
1: so I think he really capitalizes on uh, or hones in on the big idea at the if you're reading along you can look at the top of page eighty one but he says this meaningful involvement in a gospel preaching church links directly to having a durable marriage he's he's talked from the beginning about this idea of a durable marriage uh, of a marriage that that's that sticks and stays. And, uh, and so he's kind of set us up in this chapter right out of the shoot and says, look, this is, this is what I want you to understand. Uh, your marriage will be more healthy when you understand the vital importance of being attached to the family of faith, not the big picture church. Yes. But being attached to a local believing body of faith,
0: Okay, and you know he actually starts he, the way he leads into that uh, is that he 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 talked about declining church attendance, right? right. That, that a real practical <laughs> yeah. indicator of how committed people are is that now the average—I don't know if it's average evangelical church member attends not three times a month, but two times it, a month.
1: It's actually now like one point six. Okay. It even since he's written the book, it's uh, it's dropped below two.
0: Yeah. So he goes into a discussion about family, our our biological family, our in the home family, and the family of faith. Um, and you know, Chris, before we started recording, you you were talking about how people feel like um, the almost there is a um, uh, what's the word here? I am looking for competition. A competition between the two what were um could you expand on that a little bit
2: sure there's a um it's not easy but there's a balancing act that that believing families have to deal with and that is they have the uh, normal routine activities between school and work and vacations and extended family and all that and yet needing to have time or make priorities and have the time to attend church and not just attend to be truly engaged and word, and, engage. and to um to enjoy the benefits and blessings of not only being taught and discipled and having needs met and prayed for but to do that for others at to the exact serve. same time Man. that takes time and a commitment it does so the it's a balancing act the challenge is to so for people to understand that it's not one or the other. Both can be done and done well and successfully in health, in a healthy way. Um, but it does take a commitment. And sometimes um, there is a tension or competition, the word uses a really good word, between the two. What we want to do is try to get people to understand that it doesn't have to be a competition.
0: Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, he actually sets that discussion up by addressing the tension that we actually see in the scriptures right uh he he points out that the family is god's idea right god he's the creator of people in his image male and female and he's the author of marriage and and uh he's the one who grants uh the blessing of the fruit of the womb children. Um, and so he is very pro-family, but then w- the way uh, Dave Harvey uh, introduces it, it, says, then Jesus comes along and complicates things, right? How does Jesus complicate things, guys? <laughs> what does he say that uh, makes it not so simple?
2: You want to address that? You yeah, me too. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, so, so Jesus actually taught that his word is going to divide people, divide families, because there are going to be believers and, and then they're going to be at odds with non believers. So that's one way that there's a, a, a separation or a divide there. Um, but
0: I have come to set a man against his father. Yes. And a daughter against her mother. What? In the world, what exactly does Jesus mean, Chris, when He says, "I've come to make uh, a person's enemy those of his own household"?
2: Yeah, so that's really tough to swallow. Um, when because Jesus is talking about a, a higher priority and a higher purpose. Mm-hmm. Marriages and families are meant as tools to point people to Jesus, to the gospel, to the church, um, but. Being on mission, and if you look at Jesus' life himself, when he had his public ministry and he was on mission, he did not uh, walk around on this earth with his family and spend all of his time with them. He was busy doing life with his disciples and a few other close people, and he was reaching out and meeting the needs of other people. That's what his father called him to do. He still had blood relatives. Mm -hmm. He didn't disown them. But he didn't focus on them. His focus is on what his father had called him to do. So that causes sometimes some divisions. It just does.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it creates dissonance in your heart. But especially if
0: you're a family pastor,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying. I read this chapter. Uh, like, Should no. I not have a job? Right. And and so and so, I, I think the problem is though when we read things like this, uh, we we th- it gets back to this idea. It has to be one or the other, and and I feel like it. I f- I feel. As is if we read our own interpretation into these things and we create even more of a dissonance that is intended to be there, even with the words that Jesus said, by saying that, it, that it, it's putting things at an extreme. So we, we translate that, and we, I think we translate that, and if we have a problem with it, we say, I can't believe Jesus says family doesn't matter. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, there are those who would say, see, the church is, mo- is most important. Mm-hmm. It's more important than your family, uh, in, a, in a way, as if to say, you stiff arm. Everything else, and and maybe maybe at its core, there's 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 more truth to one of those statements than the other. But Jesus, I don't think when Jesus does this, and when the scripture does this, he's saying that family is unimportant. Agreed. And I think that that's really that that is where we have to come to terms with the reality that when 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 Jesus makes claims like this, he is showing us that there is something even greater. Then right. the great thing that family is. that family is, or anything else that God has said, look at how this is how I want you to act and interact in the flesh, But wait, there's more.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to put it, because he, you know, uh, Chris, I'm not sure if you reference this or not, but, you know, there was an occasion. So I was kind of quoting from Matthew 10, a few chapters later in Matthew 12, um, you know, Jesus was with his disciples and teaching and his family, his biological relatives, mother and brothers and sisters show up and they want to get to him. And he basically says, who is my mother? who are my brothers, stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So it's uh, not that biological family is unimportant. It is tremendously important. It's just that the new family of God that Jesus rescues us into is even more important important and takes and must be our first priority. Devotion to Christ means devotion to the new people he has redeemed and is recreating.
1: And at least we'd say that Jesus rejected his family from the cross. He cared for his earthly mother. Right. So, you know, if we extract one You know, one account or one story in scripture, we, we could easily maybe walk away with a position that this is problematic because who wants to hear their son reject them? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And yet we see a fuller picture of the reality. Jesus didn't, didn't, he didn't walk away from his family, uh, but he was proving a point here that, that, that there was, there's something
2: bigger going on. Yeah. Because clearly he said honor your father and mother. Right. He gave us that direct command, right. And he, t- he talks about family. We have all the uh, commandments about how to do family. Mm-hmm. We're told explicitly how to do that. Even in the new covenant, in the, in, in in the letter yeah. Of yeah.
0: to Ephesians, you have addressing to, you know addresses to husbands and wives. I think that's and a
3: and great teaching point uh, with what you were just saying, Brian, is teaching what God is saying there. And sometimes we're not understanding what he's truly saying. Saying when we come into marriage and marriage in the family and marriage in the church, we're not seeing that God is saying. I'm not saying you have to choose, but how He's directing us.
1: He, he says at the top of 83, and I think this maybe is a good way, and in, in some ways, maybe Dave Harvey sums it up. He, he says, you know, family relationships are vitally important to life, mm-hmm. but Jesus makes abundantly clear that these relationships must
0: not be our first priority. Um, I think really that's. Yeah. And he, he, I think he feels the need to address it because of our, the individualistic bent of our, in our hearts and in our society and uh, the tendency that a lot of, of Western Christians have to, um, to maybe neglect the importance of the church, both the, ministry of other believers to them and their responsibility to other believers in the local church under the, you know, the banner of my family. Like I I have to guard time for my family.
1: We make it personal. Even if we make that, that personal, I mean, a lot of times we make it personal about me, Mm -hmm. like, but, but in the, in the context of this chapter, it's making it personal about me. And I make that circle my immediate, my immediate family.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, not to beat a dead horse, but this is really important. You know, he says our independence must be exchanged for membership in God's new family. And that doesn't just mean our individual independence, like you were saying, but sometimes our tendency to say, Hey, nothing can enter this sphere, My, my, my political family, but rather we recognize that Christ is calling us to a new corporate identity as well. Right. Redeemed community yeah. of faith. So, um, Chris Merriam he uh he ties this specifically to marriage by talking about eternity uh and some things that Jesus said about eternity well, could you guys uh summarize that for us or or point us in the right direction
2: well i mean uh it's it's not easy to to swallow but a lot of time but uh Jesus did teach us that you know we're not going to be married to our earthly spouse in heaven so that's that's difficult to understand and get your yeah. minds around that. Um, but there's also a bigger picture here about eternity. I think it's extremely important. And I don't—I can't remember exactly where he covers this in the chapter, but, um, and that is, we have specific purposes for marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's bigger than just our oneness. And it's bigger than to just... Um, populate the earth and, and <laughs> right. so and so many other blessings we get to enjoy Right, it, it is those
0: things it's for your joy it, for your comfort for, for it's being all fruitful and
2: multiplying but it's also it's also much bigger in that we our marriages are specifically commanded and called to point the world especially the lost world to the relationship between Christ and the church. That's right. That's right. And it's it's so clear that that's what our ultimate purpose is. And I think if we if marriages and couples lived life, Christians, Christian couples lived life with that in mind, then they, it would just it would open up their eyes to see how they walk around, how they do life, and all that. It would just change things. It doesn't take away the the very real
1: enjoyment and the blessing of those things now. But what it does, and this is what I think we, we, you know, we, we were talking about this before we, we started the podcast, but this is where I think the tension in our heads and our hearts is sometimes is we can't imagine that something that brings uh, so much in, enjoyment or joy or fulfillment, fulfillment mm-hmm. in life could be eclipsed by anything. And yet that's exactly I mean, that's what the scripture is telling us about eternity beyond, beyond the flesh that's bound by the the broke, the brokenness of the flesh Mm -hmm. right now because of the fall. Yeah.
0: Miriam, do you want to read uh, those verses from Ephesians five? Chris has kind of already expounded on them uh, and the significance of our marriages, but let's don't let it go unsaid here.
3: Ephesians five.
0: Maybe starting at near the end, 31, 32. This is after some instruction on, um, you know, specific callings for Christian wives and Christian husbands and how they model their responsibilities off of the church's submission to Christ and Christ's sacrificial love for his bride. Then Paul says, and
3: starting in verse 31, for this is a reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound minis- mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Mm-hmm.
0: So he uses an illustration of this theme park in Pittsburgh and signs. What, what is, uh, what's the significance of, of that illustration as it relates to this idea, Chris, um, about marriage being a sign and a pointer?
2: It, you'll have to remind me of that one. I don't remember that one. Oh, sorry. Uh, there was a theme park uh, in
0: Pittsburgh. I've never heard of it. Kennedy Land or what was?
1: It was yeah, it was something like that. Something. Maybe,
0: uh, Kenny Kenny Wood. Kenny Wood. Yeah, you were that, close, Sandy. Like, it started with a K um, and
1: ended with a D. Um, uh, but not to be confused with Kenny Rogers or yeah. Dollywood or
2: Do- oh.
3: combine those two together. <laughs>
0: Okay. That was pretty good. We digressed. That was good. Um, <laughs> so the point was, there are signs all over the city pointing people there, right? And uh, if a child who had never been there before uh, saw the signs and went and stood under the sign uh, and thought, this is Kennywood, right? This is the enjoyment and the pleasure. Um, you know, we would recognize, oh, that there's something so much more fun, something that That actually is what this child wants and is made for or longs for uh, when they get there, but he's confusing the sign with the reality. And so our marriages are, uh, though they you know, when you aren't there yet, you've got to follow the sign, right? Our marriages are really meaningful. He's ends that passage with, however, let each one of you love his wife Mm. and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Like we live in these roles now, but one day we will arrive at the marriage supper of the lamb and we won't need the sign anymore. And we won't feel like we're missing out because we don't see the sign. We'll be at the park. That's what's remarkable.
1: Absolutely. Go ahead. No, th- I mean that. Please, like that's what that is. What it blows my mind, like it does,
2: and it's amazing how many thing, how many things God gave us to give us a picture of that and point to that throughout all of Scripture, and marriage is one of those things. That's right. And what I really love about this whole discussion is how it's sort of a cyclical, not argument, but. It supports itself, and that is the best way for our marriage is to be used to point people to the marriage supper of the Lamb and that union in in heaven mm-hmm. is to be involved in the local church and be trained and discipled and encouraged and, hey, and all man, that. It's brother. the best way for that to happen. Would so you say that again? I'm not sure that I yes. can remember exactly what I said. But.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged by the first part of our conversation with Chris and Miriam about the gift of the church and just God's wisdom and kindness in giving us uh, one another and the importance of the church for uh, our marriages and our families. So uh, again, hope you're encouraged and I hope you'll check out part two of this conversation. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, produced by Providence Baptist Church of Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.